0: Indian County 911. My brother's gone. Can you be on a little more specific, sir? It's my brother. Who took him? I don't know who took him. I don't know what. Sir, sir, I'm taking a break. Explain to me what happened. And I looked out, and there was this big red blinking UFO. I can just say this: something's going on in the woods. Something's going on. They're not dogs, they're not coyotes. What could it be, right? I had an encounter with a skunk ape and it completely altered the course of my life. I found this skull. I think you guys are gonna wanna come build this. Put him out, put him out, put him out, put him out. Put him out, put him out. out. I just out. see it, I just see it. 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 Sightings
1: of a UFO hovering over a barn. Millie woke up from a dream and when I went into the bedroom, she said there's a monster on the wall.
0: They saw that the creature had run through a barbed wire fence. They were able to obtain hairs. They sent the hairs to their lab and it came back as an unknown creature. Bizarre encounters with shame and boring. What is up, guys? Welcome back to the most bizarre show on the internet. I am. The one, the only Shane Squatch. And I'm Oren. And today we are hopping back into our deep dive type style episodes. So I know the last one was an interview. We had those two weeks off, but now we're going full running with all of our super duper interesting stuff that we've been putting together. Uh, Got a bunch of stuff on Oren's side, got a bunch of stuff on my side, but we got a lot of awesome content coming up for you guys, and we're really excited to share it with you. But before we get into the episode today, of course, we got to do news and updates and front of house stuff. So, first and foremost, we have some super-duper exciting news, uh, according to Orrin and I, at least, because it's something that we both really, really enjoy. Uh, Orrin, I'll give you the honor of uh, telling them our new, newest and the most exciting thing that we got going on.
1: Yeah, uh, this is one that we're super tickled about. Uh, our good buddies Rick and Hans from I Know Squatch, uh, they've been on this show, they've been on Shane show a couple of times. Uh, you guys might be familiar with them and uh, the awesome merch and, uh, you know kind of Sasquatch t-shirts and stickers and whatnot they produce. But anyway, exciting news. They have partnered up with the show. Uh, they're going to be, I guess it's like a sponsor at this point. Um, they sent me and Shane some awesome care packages. So, uh, you know, super, super big shout out, super big. Thank you to Rick and Hans for hooking us up. Uh, you know, if I could have picked anybody for us to work with and have this kind of partnership, it would be
0: these guys, you know, we love their stuff. We wear their hats all the time. Uh, I mean, it's the koozie I use exclusively day, their so. hats all the time. I think you and I yes. both own like 10 different variations of the same hat. And you said that you want to hook up with these guys, man. So this is what I did over the course of being gone for your birthday, man. I hooked it up. I made it happen, man.
1: <laughs> well, there we go. So like I said, big shout out to Rick and Hans. Uh, you know, we love you guys. Thank you so much for, uh, for hooking us up and uh could not be more excited for this moving forward so that's our
0: big news and announcement for this episode and I'm pretty sure that we're the only podcast that they're sponsored through so far so like we're the first man we're paving the way same with crypto theology all the people we hook up with man we like being their first we're uh we're the there're our virgins man <laughs>
1: Popping cherries over
0: here. That's what we do. We pop the cherries in your ears, and we pop the cherries with our sponsors. (laughs) There you go. But uh, some other news and updates for anybody that might want to pick up not just I Know Squatch gear, of course, but some of our gear. You guys can go to the OMM merch store and use the code Squatchmiss now through uh, the end of December, and you guys can get 10% off of the merch store. Uh, there are some exclusive discounts for the Patreon, but we'll get to back to that a little bit farther on. But for anybody that is not a Patreon member, if you want 10% off, scoop yourself the awesome new Squatch Squatchmas design I made. Uh, I wore that around yesterday, actually, for my son's birthday around Frankenmuth and everything. So I know there's going to be some uh, pictures that are probably already posted on the Instagram at this point, but go and scoop yourself something nice or get something nice for the OMM lovers in your guys' life. And the last piece of news and updates. Uh, I know that we came back after being gone for two weeks, but due to the holiday season, we will be off one week in the middle because we had the two. This episode, the one before, that we're going to be off for a week, and then we're going to come back after that uh, because again, holiday season number one, and uh, the day that we normally record is also my anniversary uh, with my wonderful girlfriend, Gabby. So, we got, of course, got it's the 10-year anniversary, so I got to do something special for that, so I won't be able to record. But I don't want you guys to fear that we're gone because, ironically, last week when we were recording and... We were talking about how you know we were gone for two weeks. I actually had like three people hit me up, ironically, exactly when we were recording, that asked like what happened to us and said we haven't posted an episode in like twenty something days. So I just want to make sure everybody knows we're not disappearing. Nothing's happening. Holiday season. Keep that in mind uh, that we will be gone for a week and then we'll be back full, full, full steam and speed because we have a lot of episodes planned.
1: <laughs> you guys know how that goes. Holidays are crazy for us included. And hey, Shane, at some point, in real life. Has to take precedence over our hobbies
0: over here. So, no hey, shame in that. Ma- eventually, maybe it'll be a full time thing. But the only way we're gonna keep be able-, be able to do that is with all of your guys' support and help, of course.
1: <laughs> oh, I see what you did there.
0: Yeah, yeah, you guys stick it in there. You know, you know what's up. <laughs> and actually, just for just for fun, just to let everybody knows what we got coming up on the roster. Uh, Or do you want to give them a little teaser about some possible episodes that they might be seeing right after our One Week Again break before we come back? Man,
1: we got some big things going on over here. Uh, Shane has been working his ass off while I was uh, getting drunk in the Caribbean. Uh, He's got (laughs) a DMT Entities episode on deck that I'm really excited for. Uh, We got kind of some Kentucky high strangeness to talk about that we were going to do a local lore on and then you know we expand how everything we, <laughs> how we do it ended up being too much for bite-sized stuff so we're going to be a couple
0: episodes on that um uh, what happens when you going... have two researchers that want to make sure they get every single finite detail you don't yeah. end up with bite-sized you end up with full-on at least minimum five-page episodes every single time <laughs> and
1: uh something i kind of been working on uh, i'm going to co- kind of call it like my unofficial Monsters of Appalachia series. So these are going to be kind of some interconnected uh, stories and tales and cryptids and creatures. You guys definitely know the ones we're going to be talking about. So uh, that's uh,
0: just a little bit of what we got on deck for you guys. And apologies in advance that we'll be gone for a week. But again, we won't be gone long. So make sure you guys keep staying subscribed and we will be back the following week. Well, not next week, but the week after. Just so you guys know, <laughs> stay bizarre.
1: <laughs> and as always, you guys know the drill. Reach out to us through social media. Instagram is where we're most active. Uh, reach out through email, bizarreencounters at outlook.com. Uh, there's the special encounters email address that Shane will share here in a minute. But uh, just you guys get up with us for uh, you know topics, suggestions, guests, anything of that nature, or, or just to interact and shoot the shit with us or share stories. So. You guys know the drill get up with us we're easy to find
0: and that uh special email for the encounter reports is reports at outlook.com or you guys know the link tree there is two different submission forms the one says report an encounter that's the one's going to go to that email and the other one says contact us and of course that is going to go directly to our email And, uh, talking about all the getting up with us, man, we've had a bunch of blowing up as far as our discord goes. We've got a bunch of new people that are popping in there. So I want to give a special thank you to everybody who's been hopping into the discord and getting that to pop off a bit more. And I'm sure that it's going to be continuous growth at this point because just some side tangent, exciting news, uh, Bizarre Encounters is about right there. Where we're about to hit top 5% globally ranked. So it seems like right after that, we're probably going to have a lot more interaction happening because uh, inquiries just hit 2.5 globally ranked. And right after that happened, all of a sudden, all the rankings, everything started boosting up. So thanks to you, all of you guys for supporting both shows, specifically Bizarre Encounters. Let's get this show into the top 5%. And the only way that's going to happen is with your guys' help. And we greatly appreciate all you guys listening and being here throughout all of our adventures and weird things that we enjoy digging into of course and uh, if you guys want to support us a couple different ways to do so of course uh, number one is to go and join the Patreon. You'll get things such as early access to the show, uh, live, access to the sh- live access to the show, live replays of the show, uh, exclusive merch store discounts, uh, exclusive giveaways, um, and there's some other exciting stuff going on over there. But uh, there's four different tiers. You guys can go and check it out. And I did make it so that now you guys can get a free seven-day trial for our $5 tier. So if you want to check it out, see what it's all about. You know, No money involved yet. If you guys want to go check it out, go and uh, sign up for the $5 tier and see what we're all about, of course. And uh, you guys can also support the show through uh, donating to the show directly. Make it so we can get out to some more events here and there uh, through Red Circle, which is our RSS host, of course. If anybody donates, let us know that you guys donated because, of course, we want to give you guys a big shout out in the show. Or the fourth way, or the third way, you guys can uh, support the show is through the Open Minds Media merch store, which I had mentioned a little bit earlier. A lot of awesome designs for Bizarre Encounters inquiries. I'm always updating stuff. I dropped two new designs this month. Uh, One of them is the Bizarre Encounters Full Moon design, which I think you guys will really, really dig. So. Highly recommend going and checking that out, of course. And number four, and the most important way you guys can support us too, is through leaving a review or a rating for the show on any podcatcher that you guys use uh, iTunes, Spotify. And if we see it, we find it, which I do actively search for those, of course. I will read them on the show and give you guys a big shout out. And uh, you guys can always share the show through word of mouth. That's an awesome way to help it grow. Uh, repost stuff that we post, all of that. But uh, if you guys aren't able to do any of that, we just appreciate that you guys enjoyed the show and that you guys listen every week because you guys are the reason that we're doing this, and we uh, we love you guys for that.
1: And if you guys are looking for any other cool shit to support, definitely check out Joe at Theology. He's killing it, as always, with his uh, cryptid and alien and high strangeness designs. If you're listening to this show, you'll love
0: what he's doing, so check that out as well. And to uh, all my paranormal investigators out there, if you guys want to get yourself an awesome all-in-one paranormal investigating device, highly recommend going and checking out the Chattergeist. Uh, They are doing a special deal on that now through, I think, January 1st, where you uh, you get 15% off of it. Uh, But definitely make sure you guys use our affiliate link, help and support us as much as you guys can. And uh, Barry over there runs it with Dimension Devices. If you guys got any technical questions about it whatsoever, he's the guy that programs it. He will be able to answer all of your guys' questions. And like I said, highly recommend it. I have it myself. I really enjoy using it. And uh, all in the process, you guys can support a podcast, use our affiliate link and make it so that we can uh, get a little bit more support as far as the show goes. But uh, everything we've mentioned, of course, is all available under the link tree, which is available down in the show description. So you guys know how that stuff works. Click the link. Go and figure out what you guys are looking for.
1: All right, guys. So uh, the subject for tonight's episode, it's one Shane's kind of had on deck for... I think basically since I joined the show, so almost a year now, um, you know, never really worked out doing an episode. We talked about doing uh, bite-sized bizarities on it, but uh, you know, as you guys know at this point, bite-sized doesn't really work for us any uh, (laughs) any subject. We dive into, we can make a full episode out of. So uh, Shane's added some more uh, good research and info to this one, and uh, we're excited to hop into it, especially after uh, our episode with Travis. Last week, uh, this is just the perfect time to drop this one. So, uh, Shane, why don't you uh, tell the listeners a little bit about what we got going on tonight?
0: So, yes. Originally, this was going to be a bite-sized bizzarty, but we decided to drop that altogether. So, we apologize, guys, for anybody that enjoyed those. We only did three. They're not going to happen again. We're putting our focus into this show, and as soon as we get everything rolling as far as we're just working on the theme song now, we're going to be pushing out uh, bizarre inquiries. So, we got other stuff in the pot, other stuff going on, but getting back to this, of course... Uh, the giant of Kandahar and other Afghanistan giant sightings. So after having uh, Travis on last week, which that was the intention is that I either want to do that before or after this. Cause I've had this one sitting on deck for a while. I want to cover some of the more interesting stories that I had found as far as Afghanistan giant go, giants go, because that seems to be the main place that their sightings at. I mean, there's the random sightings that are starting to happen now that people talk about on TikTok. And where, where was that at? Or oh, in like Colorado and stuff? They're talking about those mountain uh, yeah, openings? Somewhere
1: out west. I don't remember right off the top of my head. But yeah, I think it might have been Colorado, Montana, something like that. One of the
0: more mountainous states. But uh, most of the super prolific ones seem to happen in Afghanistan. So... We're not just going to cover the giant of Kandahar, but we're going to cover cover other sightings that I found fascinating. But let's hop into this, man. Uh, before Before we embark on this journey, let's understand the significant historical events that set the stage for our investigation. Kandahar, located in southern Afghanistan, has seen its fair share of conflicts throughout history. This nation, often dubbed the graveyard of empires, has witnessed numerous invasions, power struggles, and wars throughout its existence. From the rise and fall of powerful empires to modern-day challenges, this region has been through it all. Fast forward to the 21st century, and we find ourselves in the mists of the U.S.-led war in Afghanistan. It was during this tumultuous period that reports of encounters with an alleged giant creature began to circulate among the American military stationed in the region. Our story begins in 2002, when coalition forces primarily consisting of American troops were deployed to the Kandahar province In an effort to dismantle the Taliban regime, it was in the rugged mountains and valleys of this region that a series of baffling incidents unfolded, leaving the soldiers and locals bewildered. According to Mr. K, who broke the story to L.A. Marzuli, he and his team were flown into an extremely remote section of Afghanistan to find a patrol team that had gone missing. There was no radio communication. The team straight up vanished. Mr. K. was following a goat path through mountainous areas with steep cliffs and drop-offs when they came upon a cave opening with rock fragments and bones littered, littering the surrounding area. Mr. K. mentioned that he had noticed radio communication equipment scattered amongst the remains. Fearing that the patrol team had been attacked by an animal, the team turned their attention to the cave entrance. As they did, a 12 to 15 foot tall behemoth of a man with a long beard and shoulder-length scarlet red hair came bursting forward towards the soldiers. The first to react was Dan, charging charging head-on towards the colossal creature, firing rapidly. The rest of the men, after a moment of paralyzing shock, managed to kick into action, laying down heavy fire. Before any substantial damage is done, the giant lunges at Dan, spearing him with a pike and lifting him straight off the ground, leaving him impaled as he readies himself for another attack. Mr. K recalls that they all just clicked in and shouted, shoot him in the face, shoot him in the face. Armed to the teeth with M4s, 308s and Barrett uh, 50s, they rained fury on him while he took multiple hits and still kept coming at them. After about 30 seconds of heavy gunfire, he eventually dropped to the ground. Once the creature was down, the squad called for immediate medivac and before they knew it, the helicopter appeared from above the drop-off where the cave sat. Mr. K reported that they dropped down a cargo net and ordered the men to bundle the giant up while they called for a larger helicopter to carry the load. While the team prepped the giant for extraction, they noticed the skunky smelling smell coming from the giant and that he had six fingers and toes. Mr. K also mentioned that the nails looked gnarly and pointed and discolored like someone with nail fungus. I've also... I've also heard mention of two rows of teeth, but in the initial interview, at least, only M.A. Marzulli makes reference to this. I just wanted to point that out, that I didn't actually catch the soldier himself making reference to that, but it was more so that L.A. Marzulli had questioned him about it, and then he confirmed it, but it didn't, like necessarily come directly from him when he was making the report itself but I just kind of want to make note of that because I always hear people include that like the soldier said it and it seemed like the soldier more so just like agreed at the prompt when they were having the interview and talking about it because I re-watched this thing like 50 times to try to make sure I got every important detail of course man you know how I am about that kind of stuff so
1: <laughs> yeah well and I think it's kind of interesting on top of the two rows of teeth uh and we talked about this A little bit in last week's episode with travis but the whole six fingers and toes thing that you know pops up from time to time with giants um and if you guys haven't listened to that episode with travis that's a good little appetizer for this but um you know the the fact that uh these creatures are seen with six toes kind of coincides with a lot of bigfoot tracks that are found that have six toes so i think there's you know there's a lot to unpack with all this and i know we're going to get into it more. I don't want to derail us too much, but uh, just something I think is super interesting if we don't circle back around to it is the whole red hair thing. So that's that's a detail that I find really fascinating in all these. But uh,
0: anyway, I won't derail you anymore. No, no, you're good. Actually, I was going to say too, it all starts to fit the like Nephilim perspective of these things. And at least for like L.A. Marzulli and the way that he comes at it, he does this research from the standpoint of acknowledging these things as Nephilim. So that's why he asked the question about did it have two rows of teeth? Did it have red hair? Did it have the six fingers, six toes? It's because it fits the narrative as far as Nephilim go. But, I mean, fascinating all the same, whether it was something that it got associated into the Bible as just a description from these things, or if these things are just literally straight Nephilim. There's definitely something weird to it. Um, six fingers... Yeah, I mean,
1: either way, if this thing had red hair, that's not native to that region. So, obviously, this creature... Theoretically came from somewhere else. I mean, whether that be another planet, another, you know, country, what it came from somewhere else, obviously,
0: it seems like to me. My suggestion as far as the two rows of teeth go, I mean, there's all these references to these things eating humans, obviously, even in this one talking about all the different bones that are littered outside of the cave entrance. uh, Assumably, I feel like the reason why these things would have two rows of teeth is more so for the intention of being a predator. So, I mean, whether they developed all of these additional uh, limb appendages or whatever you want to call them from being predators and adapting over time or they were just natural-born predators, there's definitely that predator mentality to it. And I definitely think that the two rows of teeth are a key factor when it comes to looking at it from that perspective.
1: Well, and even going back to kind of the whole Nephilim Anunnaki angle, I mean, a lot of those stories, and I don't claim to be you know an expert about nephilim lore or anything like that but from my you know little bit of research it seems like a lot of the legends you know talk about the nephilim breeding with human women you know the the sons of god lying with the daughters of man type stuff and it kind of makes sense to me that you know these things are very similar to humans in their you know their makeup and whatnot but not quite the same, you know, it's kind of like a, you know, what is it, like a horse and
0: a donkey. Make brain. a mule. It's a,
1: yeah, yeah. kind of something along those lines, you know. So, yeah, maybe they're they're really close to humans, but they've got things that are a little bit different. They have the six fingers and toes. They have the double rows of teeth. So, uh, you know, I think the stuff like that, um, those little details you could look at from a lot of different perspectives, and they all kind of make
0: sense as far as I'm concerned. I mean, I'm almost kind of curious, too, if theoretically, if there were limited numbers of giants and they started inbreeding, if they would develop things like this and then in turn through almost like selective breeding of continuously inbreeding and breeding with each other, if it would make it not something that may happen from inbreeding, but rather it becomes something that's substantial in the way that they're built through the process of inbreeding and having these weird little side extra items, teeth, like fingers, all that kind of stuff. Like, I wonder if that's that's a possibility when it comes to this whole thing.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that is definitely a possibility. And if these things live in caves underground, you know, even factoring in hollow earth type concepts, it makes sense to me that if this is a relatively small breeding population,
0: eventually things like that are going to pop up, you know. And I mean, just just kind of a mind-blowing concept, dude. If this thing was like a 12 to 15-foot giant and they were theoretically living inside of a cave, uh, maybe even inside of hollow earth, like imagine how big some of these damn caves could be. Like we think Mammoth Cave is huge, man. But like imagine how big some of these like ridiculously uh, deep subterranean caves go. Like I mean, in Indonesia, you have caves that have their own like weather systems. Like imagine what could potentially exist below the surface that we just aren't able to get access to. And even if these giants do have entrances all over the world to get into these areas, like they're significantly bigger than us. They're significantly stronger than us. How easy is it for them just to roll a giant boulder in the way of a doorway? And we have no idea that was it was there and never even fathom moving it. Because it's just, okay, we can't move that. It's a ridiculously big boulder. You know, even if they had a boulder that took two giants to move, dude, there could be blocked off entrances to these ridiculous places all over the place, and we'd have no idea because we just assumed that the rock was there, and we can't fucking move the rock because we can't get machinery in there to move the damn rock.
1: Well, and something that kind of popped into my head while you were just uh, talking about all the, you know, cave entrances and whatnot. This is taking a little bit of a tangent, but I promise I'm going to bring it back. We'll hop back into it in a second. Um, but you know, I'm sure most of our listeners at this point have seen like on Instagram or whatnot, the, uh, the diagram that has like the map of missing persons reports and then overlaid with like the cave system map and how they line up. And, uh, a particular story that popped into my head, uh, that David Politis covers in the missing 411. Uh, I believe it's in the books and the documentary, if I'm not mistaken, um, it was about a boy named Dennis Martin, I believe was his name. I've got a book about it. I should have grabbed it, but um, this was a little boy in Tennessee. This happened in, I believe, the late '60s. Uh, went missing in, you know, one of these cave system areas, and uh, people that were in the area at the time said that they saw like a big hairy man carrying something over his shoulder so you know a lot of people go with like a sasquatch type uh, angle with that what if it's like these giants and you know the that whole east tennessee western north carolina area is kind of known for like these feral people populations that you know supposedly live in these national parks so i just wonder if you know all this stuff kind of intersects there and maybe a lot of these disappearances like you said are due to these cave systems and possibly these giants
0: living in them and traveling from place to place via these cave systems. Dude wouldn't it be cool if you'd be able to actually research this as far as Afghanistan goes because so many people go missing there it's not like they're taking reports on all this but I guarantee you if you made like an overlay map for Afghanistan you'd probably be pretty damn surprised at what you come up with. And I mean, even getting into that like feral concept, I just want to throw this one in there. Uh, that you know, you take a pig and you leave it out in the woods, mm-hmm. it's going to start developing hair all over. So it'll like start to go primal. So connecting with like these Afghanistan giants versus like Sasquatch in the United States, for example, you know, in the middle of the desert. Besides at night when it's cold, when assuming these things are probably in their caves, you know, it's it's a hotter climate. They don't have a reason to fully develop hair all over their body. But when you're talking about like the Midwest and you're talking about the northern colder regions you know it, it would make sense to develop hair all over your body even if you're inside of these caves these caves are colder cuz they're not make, retaining that heat from during the day like they would be getting in the desert so i mean could be looking at the same thing just two different variations cuz one just needed to develop more hair in order to keep itself warm i mean
1: <laughs> yeah for sure um so uh not to you know derail us again but i was just kind of flipping through some of my notes And when I was doing some research on the whole Giants thing when we were initially planning to do this episode, I came across a podcast. It's Blurry Creatures. I think we're both fans of that show. love Blurry Creatures. Those guys are the best. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Uh, You guys should check that show out. If you're listening to this, you'll totally dig their show. But uh, anyway, it was episode 128 of their show. They had a gentleman on. His name was Mark A. Carpenter. And he kind of suggested that there's a connection between not only like giants and Nephilim, but also possibly like Wendigo lore. And that, you know, maybe this does, you know, tie in with the whole missing 411 thing. And possibly these giants are almost like an invasive species that is almost hunting humans down, like you said, like a predator and taking these people into their underground cave systems. And, you know, uh, that could even go into like the whole like weather manipulation thing with, you know, missing persons cases. So, uh, definitely check that episode out. Uh, it's been a while since I listened to it, but uh, I just came across those notes and it ties right in with what we were talking about. So,
0: didn't we make some theories in our Wendigo episode that they could potentially be like malnourished, like starving giants to begin with? So, we were already kind of yeah, coming I, around I to that a I long time ago
1: when we were talking about Wendigos because I think it was about the time we did that episode when I listen to this podcast
0: and it you know tied in perfect with that and it ties in perfect with this too so all interesting (laughs) dude there's just so many different components to it and so many different rabbit holes you could fall down to this that it's just like who knows which one's the correct one but they're definitely all different things you have to take into consideration when you're looking at giants sasquatch Wendigo, just all the connecting factors between things like there's so many connecting factors that they're hard to ignore after a certain point when you're researching into this stuff
1: Well, and you know, with a lot of paranormal, high strangeness type stuff, I feel like, you know, we say all the time, nobody's right, nobody's wrong. But, you know, I kind of do think some people are a little more right than others about some of this stuff. But when it comes to like this whole giant thing, I think a lot of the theories, you know, they they hold a lot of water. You, You know, I mean, obviously, we don't know what the hell's going on, but everything we've brought up, I think, is a reasonable, rational quote-unquote explanation for a lot of this stuff. But, anywho, I'll quit trying to derail you. (laughs) One
0: last thing. Here's an idea. Aliens. They're the Anunnaki. (laughs) That was, like, the perfect opportunity to finally use that sound I've had on the board for a while. So, I I, I figured I'd take advantage of it. (laughs) Um, Anunnaki, Nephilim, tomato, tomato at that point. Same fucking thing. (laughs) There you go. So, hopping back into the Giant of Kandahar. uh, Now... The giant has officially been picked up after having the soldiers bag it up. Uh, they you know, were che- checking it out, seeing exactly what features it had. So hopping back into it. Upon their return, the soldiers were made to sign non-disclosure agreements uh, to stop the word spreading of their encounter. The witness states that he broke his silence because people have the right to know what's happening on our planet. In another interview with someone who claimed to have been present during the air, air evacuation of the giant, he confirmed from what he could see that the being did have red hair, was about twelve feet tall, and also had six fingers and toes. He also remembers that the load weighed about fifteen hundred pounds, but the but with consideration of the equipment, he concluded that the being weighed about eleven hundred pounds. So pretty damn big being. Like just take that into consideration. Like you hear the height, but like think about the weight of the average person. You know, let's just say one fifty to two fifty. That's probably about average. So like take an average person and times that by like five and that's, you know, four or five. That's, that's roughly about what this thing is. Like that's, that's crazy to think about, dude, just the weight of this thing could crush you. It could stomp you.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, cause if this, let's just use the numbers here. If this thing was 12 feet tall, you know, a six foot tall man, let's say weighs 200 pounds. So this thing weighs substantially more, has more mass is bulkier than, a person, you know, it's not like you just extrapolated a person to 12 feet tall. And the thing I think is interesting about that is in a lot of Bigfoot reports, people specifically mention like the mass of these things, how wide they are, you know, how much bulk they have. So there's, you know, another possible connection. What if some of these Bigfoot report sightings
0: are actually giants in some cases? Bro, you're a football fan. Tell me one day. If we discover that Giants are real, 100%, we know it for a fact, and same with Sasquatch, I want to see a Sasquatch-slash-Giants football league. Like, can you imagine, like, these players playing, bro, they would shake the goddamn stadium. Like, they wouldn't even be able to do nosebleed seats because people would fall off of those damn things with these things trampeding back and forth. And imagine, like, the hit power, dude, just whoop it was something like a giant shockwave through the damn fucking arena with these things tackling each other dude that'd be great let's do that let's make sure that happens
1: the nfl's worried about concussions and
0: stuff just get some sasquatches in there they're good to go (laughs) sasquatch versus giants we'll just have two teams that'll be it (laughs)
1: hey the giants are already a team so there you go Uh, i mean it's already built
0: in hey man it's just a matter of time where if giants become normal citizens that you won't be able to use the term Giants anymore because that's going to be derogatory. They keep changing all the different team names because they're trying to make sure that everybody's all accompanied in. So if there's ever a Giants football league, there wouldn't be allowed to be a Giants in the regular NFL anymore. The New York large individuals. <laughs> 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 pleasantly obese. The New York pleasantly obese individuals.
1: <laughs> hey, we already had the Washington football team. So.
0: Well, there you go. <laughs> Reports of the incident spread around military personnel deployed in the area like wildfire. One, Mr. D., who had been interviewed by L.A. Marzuli, said he regularly heard reports of men three times the size of a normal man being sighted in the area. He also went on to mention that the locals told stories about giants who lived in the caves and would emerge to cannibalize unsuspecting travelers. In August of 2016, Snopes re- uh, reached out to the Department of Defense about the giant of Kandahar incident the department of defense told the outlet in no cert, in no uncertain terms that they had no record or information about a special forces member being killed by a giant in kandahar they also stated that the only dan that died in kandahar around that time of the alleged incident was in 2002 was in 2002 with sergeant first class daniel a romero who had been killed in a bomb blast alongside three other soldiers so, already kind of weird off there. Of course, I mean, you can ask the Department of Defense directly. They're not going to give you the direct answers. If they know the a, a Giants that are there, there's going to be cover-ups. And, of course, like, they're going to have to make it look like the person died in some other logical reason. So, I mean, they said he died in a bomb blast along three other members. Those three other members, one of those could have been part of the radio communication team that they're actually looking for. So, just even with that information, I want to throw it in because it's it just it sounds like a cover up to me to begin with. I mean, they could be totally truthfully honest, but at this point, I don't trust shit that the government says as far as when they try to like actually get confronted about reports. But somebody did ask, and that is verified at least that they claim. Oh, yeah, there's nothing. There's nothing. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Well, like we said with the whole disclosure thing, we're going to start trusting the government now, you know? What do you mean, man? I trust my government with everything. I give them most of my check, and I love every minute of it. (laughs) Yeah. Well, you're a better man than I am. (laughs) Uh, Throughout history, stories of giants exist in numerous myths and legends. The biblical account of David and Goliath, Greek mythology's titans, and the Norse Jotnir all hint at the possibility that these giants were more than figments of imagination. Others hypothesize it could be the offspring of fallen angels and humans, creating a creature known as Nephilim. Could the giants of Kandahar be a living remnant of an ancient race that history has long forgotten? Definitely, definitely possible. Some argue that the giant of Kandahar could be a clever propaganda tool designed to instill fear in the enemy, Employing psychological warfare tactics during the time of conflict is no new phenomenon. Could the U.S. have created the myth to demoralize their adversaries? There is no evidence to suggest that the creature was used as a form of psychological warfare against the Taliban, heightening their fears in the region. Sightings of giants in Afghanistan continue to this day, and Nick Orton, founder of Tales from the Grid Square, is one of many who catalog these reports from the military members. And I just wanted to throw this out. A big shout out to Nick from Tales from the Grid Square. He actually sent me both of his books that he has out so far signed and gave me full permission to be able to use some of his stories. Um, But of course, I want to make sure I gave him a shout out because he's the one collecting this. And when it comes to trying to look up pretty much anything as far as giants in Afghanistan goes, the only two names that pop up as far as people researching it are Nick and L.A. Marzulli. So again, I got his permission. Want to give him a big shout out. He's a really, really cool guy. Highly recommend any podcaster to have him on their show. And if you're not following his page, highly recommend going and following his page because it isn't just Giants. He covers anything that's weird phenomenon that military personnel encounter. Uh, But again, just want to give him a shout out and give him a big thank you for uh, giving us permission to use some of his encounter reports in our episode. So the rest of the episode is going to be a combination of different encounter reports, uh, all that were submitted to Nick so I'll kind of run through them, and then we can kind of give our ideas and impressions of them, and then we'll hop on to the next one. Uh, but before we get into the Tales from the Grit Square portion of the episode, uh, Oren, do you have any comments that you would like to make, at least on the first portion of it, as far as the Giant of Canahar goes?
1: Uh, no, I think I kind of threw my thoughts and theories in while we were talking. I'm, I consulted just kind of some notes I jotted down, and we kind of covered a lot of it already. So I think I'm good with just a... Running straight through these encounters. Awesome.
0: So hopping back in, uh, these ones are going to be the exact words that were submitted to Nick as far as these encounter reports go. So I'm just going to read them exactly how uh, these people submitted their reports. So hopping into the Giant of Kunar. I was deployed as an infantry team leader with the army in the Kunar province of Afghanistan from 2008 to 2009. One night, we set in on an observation patrol to overlook a village that we suspected IEDs were coming out of due to successful IED recovery a few weeks prior. My lieutenant gave me a new thermal imaging system called Recon 3 that none of us were familiar with and told me to figure out what I, could, what I can and pass along the information to the other team leaders." I started messing with the recon three to see its capabilities and was surprised in the clarity of the zoom on it. I spent most of the time messing with the different functionalities and watching the village. I started to look across the Valley to see what I could see. And that led me to look along the spur we were set in on and saw a very large heat signature on the top of one of the false peaks. I did everything I could to get as clear of an image as I could suspecting that it, was a group of Taliban huddled together along a light as they tend to do in the mountains. All of a sudden the heat signature stood up as one being the trees in the area grew up to about 10 to 12 feet tall. And this thing was at least that tall, if not taller than the trees that surrounded it. It started taking steps parallel to my position and was covering ground quickly with ease. It's stride was slow and relaxed yet it moved with incredible speed. That led me to believe that the creature was gigantic. It very quickly traversed the landscape, and I lost sight of it along a neighboring spur. I did not believe what I had saw initially, assuming I had imagined it. I never had seen anything like that in my life. I didn't tell many people about it while I was in and even when I was out. I kept it to myself, thinking that there was no way I saw what I saw. But then in 2010... I listened to the story on coast to coast, specifically the story with the giant of Kandahar that made all of the memories of the time in service come flooding back and made me consider other things I saw during the deployment. For instance, the creature was described as having fire orange hair and it reminded me of a tradition. The locals in the area of the sighting would do. They would dye their hair bright colored orange and even would dye their goats the same color. They never gave any explanation. Why it seemed like it was Every once in a while, they would do this. And then all of a sudden, these orange-dyed goats would be gone. And the locals' hair also no longer be dyed orange. I assume maybe it was a cultural thing. I didn't understand. But now it makes me wonder if that was some kind of gesture to the creature slash Nephilim or if the goats were sacrificed to it. I am a Christian, and the Bible briefly discusses the men of renown, a.k.a. the Nephilim. I think that's what I saw. A member of an ancient race of giants— That descended from fallen angels, or it could be something like Sasquatch. I'm not sure, and that came from an anonymous U.S. Army soldier. So I just want to make a comment about the last story, as far as like the cultural traditions go in the area, as far as sacrificing the goats. So I don't know. I just found that kind of interesting that there is actually some type of traditional ideas that play into the idea of giants being in this area. And I mean, as far as I know, I haven't I dug into it a little bit more, and I didn't really find a reason why this would be done. So, I mean, logically speaking, I feel like the only reason why it could be done is to show that they're sacrificing these specific goats. And I wonder if, like, them dyeing their hair, if they, like, are subconsciously thinking that it makes them blend in or something. Maybe they look like baby giants or something. I don't know. Maybe they think that, like, will give them safety because they look like one of them. But all the same, I just... I found that kind of interesting just because it's one of the only times in these giant encounter stories that somebody actually reported some type of cultural idea that happens in the area that's based around it too because it's like you know a lot of these people that are living in these villages and stuff they're not just sitting here on the internet just reporting all their traditions and stories it's like all local oral tradition that may not even be in the next village over from them so i just i thought that was really really cool and i just want to make comment on the fact that um like who knows how many of these weird traditions could exist amongst the villagers in afghanistan that you know in western culture we have no fucking idea about
1: on <laughs> well, the whole dyeing their hair red thing it almost strikes me as possibly like a form of worship. You know, we talk about these ancient cultures, but also, you know, very remote modern day cultures having these, you know, uh ceremonies and whatnot. And, you know, if you've watched one episode of Ancient Aliens ever, they suggest that a lot of these people are recreating or reenacting or trying to... Become closer with the gods, the ancient aliens, visitors, things of that nature. So it strikes me very much that same way as far as like elongated skulls or, you know, these ceremonies and dances where people dress up in, uh, you know, these ceremonial outfits that people speculate are trying to mimic spacesuits and stuff like that.
0: And I mean, just to kind of throw in another idea as far as this goes too. Like the fallen angels came down and they want to convince humans that they were the gods. So people would worship and follow them. And when you look into all of the, the biblical stuff, it all happens in this area. So, of course, it would make complete logical sense that these fallen angels would be in the Holy Land in this like biblical setting area and that some of these traditions could be like ancient, ancient, ancient traditions from when they thought the, these fallen angels were gods and would actually follow them like gods and thought that they were like greater than God because they were there with them, reacting with them, teaching them skills, teaching them this, teaching them that. So it's just something else to throw in and take into consideration is that like these are where these stories originated. So if they were going to be anywhere, like they would be here and these traditions can be are probably way older than people can even imagine to the point where they're almost forgotten besides just in particular villages where they've made sure that they've kept up on it. Maybe because they know that there's a giant close and if they don't keep up on these traditions, the next thing you know, people are going to start getting snatched out of their houses. You know, hide your kids, hide your wives because giants are out here snatching all these motherfuckers.
1: (laughs) Yeah, no, I, I think you're absolutely correct. I mean, even, you know, David and Goliath type stuff, we're talking about that same region, you know, so And this is the cradle of civilization. So it
0: I don't know. It seems like there's definitely something there if you ask me. If anybody's going to go looking for giants anywhere, I think you're going to find them in Afghanistan. I'm just going to put that out there.
1: (laughs) All right. So uh, moving on to our next story. Uh, This one is from an anonymous Air Force Reaper operator, and the account is called Giants on the Feed. I was a sensor operator on the Reaper. Heading up to work was a task in the northern part of the country, scanning around, doing my thing, and looking at stuff. There are small villages up high in the central mountains that I've scanned probably a dozen times. Found a super small mud hut, which is where I saw the giants. They were three-ish, maybe four meters tall. There's a ruler tool that tells you how wide your crosshair is, and the people were as tall as the crosshair was wide. The few mud huts were extremely rudimentary, like just a mound with some holes for a door and windows. They didn't do anything crazy, just normal people things, tending fires and other chores. I wish I could say they did something exciting, but really, just mobbed around their small clearing. There's a few goats tied up. There we go, back to goats.
0: They like them goats, bro. <laughs> yeah,
1: they must be delicious.
0: Well, I mean, they got milk, they got meat. I mean, two, two things covered all in one animal, and it's probably easier to take care of than a cow in the middle of the desert. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But uh, anyway, uh, there were a few goats tied up
1: and a fire that one person was tending. Hard to tell details, but they seemed to wear rugged clothing. I would guess similar to Afghan traditional from how they moved, but they seemed heavily cloaked. The only interesting thing was the size. The goats
0: looked like cats next to them. They were their cats. That's how that goes. They don't actually take the goats to eat them. They have them as their household pets.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, a pet goat, who can go wrong with that? So uh, kind of closing this one out, uh, the anonymous Air Force Reaper operator says, this was all in mid-wave IR at night, so they showed up as black humanoid heat signatures. I wish I could have used our daytime camera. I always wonder if they had red hair, LOL. The LOL is his, not mine. <laughs> <laughs> I only mentioned them for like. I only monitored them for like
0: ten minutes before we were too far away to see. I think they're using the goats as guard dogs, you know, because you know instead of having the woo woo woo, you get the <laughs> the fucking screaming noise that the goats do. You know,
1: <laughs> that that was good. We need to make a sound effect of that. Put that one on the board. <laughs> It sounds more like Patrick
0: Starr doing the li Li:
1: <laughs> Jane makes goat noises.
0: <laughs> I attempt to make goat noises. On not, very, not very good. <laughs> no, that's going on The OnlyFan. That's some exclusive, exclusive content. After <laughs> All right, so uh, this
1: next account's pretty short, so I'm just going to read this one off as well. It's from an anonymous USAF, which I'm assuming means United States Air Force Airman, and it's called Giant of a Man, and it goes like this. I was an FMV analyst from 2012 to 2018. We were doing pre-op soak northeast of Cornegal, getting patterns of life on damn near every warm body. We saw some dudes around a fire, which is completely normal, but watched to see if we could ID any weapons. After about 20 minutes, what we thought were two dudes huddled together under a blanket stood up. I mean, this guy made the rest of the dudes look like children in terms of height. He stood up and walked over to a mud hut that he had to bend way over to get in. We were IR, so I couldn't say if it was red-haired or not. But I just know that this was a big MFR, at least 8 to 9 feet.
0: See, and they have this common trope where the last guy referred to him as 3 to 4 meters, which for anybody that's not familiar, a meter is about 3 feet, so that's about 9 to 12 feet right there. Uh, you got the nine or eight to nine feet in this last report. And then the drive of Kandahar 12 to 15 feet. So, assumably just like people, there's a range, but it seems like the minimal range for these things is roughly about, you know, let's say about 10 feet. That's, that's probably about, about where the average is at. And uh, yeah, these things, these things are huge, but I mean, there's, there's just, there's so many commonalities between all of this that again, it kind of that's brings everything was, into question. Like yeah, they're yeah, all hanging out around fires say. at night, doing normal people stuff. Uh, yeah. So,
1: I mean, either this is a brilliant disinformation campaign or there's something to it because there's so many similarities. And, you know, a lot of these guys do not seem like they're, just from reading their accounts, like they're trying to dupe anybody or, you know, perpetrate a hoax.
0: Like They're just saying what they saw and all these things line up. And I always appreciate the military slash police encounters and reports of things because they are trained to observe. So they have a better differentiation as far as height goes, especially using the equipment that they're using versus somebody that's just reporting an encounter. So it's not like these guys are just saying, oh, it was roughly about this high. Like they're literally looking at little meters in their scopes that tell them exactly like how tall these things are. So these aren't just off the top of people's heads. These are actual what they're seeing with their with their meters, showing them it. So it's like... That's another thing to take into consideration that it's not just like the typical Sasquatch encounter where it's just a civilian that sees it and says, Oh, it was eight to 12 feet. Like, they they actually have ways of being able to tell how tall these things are, and they're recording it.
1: Yeah, and these are no nonsense guys. They're not going to be like, Oh my God, it was 15 feet tall if it wasn't. You know, it just seems like they're going to be theoretically a little more level headed in a situation like this.
0: And if, you know, your family's camping out in the woods and sees a Sasquatch. And I just want to make mention too, that Nick had made a comment about this. Cause I asked him why a lot of these things don't get reported as far as like the military goes um, with, you know, seeing Sasquatch, seeing giants, seeing all of this. And he says that he doesn't believe that it's any kind of like giant cover up as far as going ground level to the soldier, seeing these things, but rather that, coming again from another military member he says it's about the paperwork like if you're on a mission and you're trying to do a specific mission you're not trying to set side tangent off because then that's more reports you got to do a uh, different paperwork you got to fill out so he said a lot of the time when soldiers will see bizarre things like this they may try to report it to their superior and the superior will say things like oh you didn't see anything just br- brush it off because they just don't want to deal with it it's not that they're you know sitting here at ground level trying to cover all this stuff up. I mean, there is definitely a government cover-up when it comes to a lot of this, but at ground level, most of these reports aren't all over military databases because the military members don't want to take the additional steps to do the paperwork, follow the report, do all this, on top of the fact that they're already specifically working on a mission and they don't want to be side tangent from that mission because their mission, they, ha- they have to complete that operation. That's, that's the idea that they're dealing with. They're not focusing on all of the weird things they see off to the side. They're goal-minded, and they're trying to do what they're trying to do. But I just I just well, yeah, I had to make I mean, that comment on there. But It's
1: literally life or death stuff, and they can't be worried about giants and Sasquatch. <laughs> Pretty much. So that
0: makes a lot of sense, too. I mean, paperwork's not fun to do when you're not dealing with life and death, you know? But, I mean, just even just imagine the concept that you're trying to watch, like, a group of Taliban, for example. And you know that they have an idea of where you might possibly be. And you see a giant that's, you know half mile off in the distance over in the other direction it's like you have this impending danger that's directly in front of you you're acknowledging that there's something weird over there but you're fixated on the people that are directly trying to kill you too so it's like you know you you, you'll put in the back of your mind for later but when you're operating and doing this stuff you're not oh let's stop the mission and go check out what those giants are doing over there you know
1: (laughs) yeah absolutely what you've got going on takes precedent over this weird thing you saw this one time
0: yep And then it just ends up becoming just these stories that get passed around military bases that the members talk about with other military people, but it doesn't actually ever officially get reported or documented by any means. (laughs) Other than Nick, apparently. Nick's the one doing this. Like, somebody has to do the work, and he's the one doing it. So, again, big shout-out to Nick for being one of the few people that collects all of these different uh, encounter stories, not just giants, from military members. But uh, hopping into our last giant encounter story for the night. Giant of Yerezkin... I was a lieutenant in the Australian Army at the time and deployed to Eurasian province. I was on Piquet, what you Yanks would call security or sentry, in my LAV in the early hours one morning and was scanning across the valley with the thermal imager looking for threats and saw a large human-like figure that looked different from normal because it didn't have the usual clothes the Afghans would wear. It looked like a person, but lankier. Not much detail through the TI and due to distance. It walked behind a few compounds and I could see it from the chest and armpits up. I laced the compound walls to confirm distance a few times before I knew I would get a good return off the walls. I thought it was about 50 to 60 meters away when I did a more detailed scan. It was also unusual to see individual people out out at this time of night. I realized it was farther away so I used the LRF to get the range and was shocked to see it was about 1,800 meters away. It wasn't in any hurry, and I followed it for about five minutes before it went out of my FOV. Just looked like it was walking. Wasn't in a hurry at all, but was aware of what was happening around it. Kept looking around, especially near the compounds. No idea what it was, but it would have been at least 12 feet tall. I didn't know of anyone else who had seen anything like this nor told anyone about it before, but it has stayed with me over all these years. And this one was submitted by an anonymous former member of the Australian army. So even bringing it past the U S like there's even members of other armies reporting this. And again, you still have the typical 12 feet tall using meters and different types of imaging to be able to actually tell how tall these things are. So again, extends past the U S army, man.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And the thing I think was kind of interesting about this one is how he mentions that it looked like a person, but lankier. And I think that, you know, theoretically could tie back to uh, Mr. Mark Carpenter's, you know, kind of Nephilim, uh, Wendigo giant theory as well. You know, because, you know, the Wendigo lore, they're lanky and whatever. So anyway, just a,
0: just a random thought. It was malnourished. That's because it wasn't getting its goats, man. People, were, mm-hmm. If you don't sacrifice your damn goats, these giants will get hangry. And they will eat you in order to satisfy themselves.
1: (laughs) If it's cold outside, take your giants (laughs) and...
0: Or leave them some damn goats. At the minimum, just leave them a couple goats. And you better dye them bitches red, because they only want them if they look like them, because they're house pets to them. (laughs) As with many unsolved mysteries, it's important to approach the giant of Kandahar and other Afghanistan giants with an open mind. While the lack of concrete evidence may lead some to dismiss the accounts as fiction we must remember that exploration and discovery push the boundaries of what we consider to be possible. And the accounts and legends surrounding it serve as a poignant reminder of the human desire to explore the unknown and our endless fascination with the unexplained. Whether the giant of Kandahar is a misunderstood creature, a figment of our imagination, or a creature of psychological warfare, the legend continues to captivate our minds and ignite our curiosity. The truth may remain shrouded in mystery for now, but perhaps someday we will unravel the secrets behind this giant of a myth.
1: Dun dun
0: dun. Dun dun dun. Had to get had to get real in depth with it.
1: I was gonna say that was quite emphatic.
0: That was me uh, practicing my uh, my metal vocals. I don't like metal, but I still practice the vocals on the show just to, for dramatic effect. That's just that's just what we do here.
1: <laughs> just throwing a little flavor in there.
0: A little flavor aid for you, all the haters out
1: there. <laughs> so, uh, Shane. This was a good episode. Um, you know, when we first started talking about this, I didn't know if there was going to be enough to, you know, really dive into this. But you, you know, you you did your work, man. You came up with some some good accounts. Uh, I enjoyed this one. I think it gave us a lot of opportunity to go back and forth and theorize and postulate, which you know we like to do over here. So, uh, thank you for putting this one together. I know it was a long time coming, but I think it was uh, well worth the wait.
0: That's what I was going to say. Well worth the wait, because I had to combine all of these stories. I had to get the books from Nick. I wanted to get his permission and everything. And uh, it seems like when I dig stuff up on the internet, the only stuff that pops up are these stories from Nick and the giant of Kandahar from L.A. Marzuli. So that being said, if we have any military members out there, ex-military members, people who have heard stories from family members relating to giants in Afghanistan or giants in general, please contact us, because we would absolutely love to hear them. And if we're able to collect enough stories from you guys, as far as military members go, giants in Afghanistan, then maybe we'll even come back to do a second part of this, which I would absolutely love to do. But the only way that will happen is with your guys' help. So if you guys have any of these stories, you know, you have somebody in your family that may have kind of hinted at a giant story, I think it's about time that you should pry it, pry it that uh, family member and see if you can get that story out of them and report it to us because we would love to be able to discuss it on the show.
1: And piggybacking off of that, you guys know the deal. Get up with us either through Instagram, social media, the email address, the link tree. Plenty of ways to get up with us. Just do it and uh, or not. We don't really care. But
0: We'd prefer if whatever. you did, though.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah, do whatever you want to do.
0: And if you guys want to report an encounter specifically, remember OMM Encounter Reports at Outlook.com. And uh, if you guys really enjoyed this episode, don't forget to leave a review or a rating for the show on iTunes, Spotify, or whatever other podcatcher you use. And if I find them, which I definitely will dig for them, I will read them on the show, give you guys a big shout-out. And if you know anybody in particular that might really, really enjoy this episode, don't forget to share it through word of mouth. But if you guys don't do any of that, at the bare minimum, we just appreci- appreciate you guys being here and listening to the show every week. And uh, we wouldn't be doing it without you guys.
1: And as always, all of this shit is found in the link tree in the show description.
0: Uh, oh. <laughs> I had to do a giant voice in there. I've been the one, the only, Shane Squatch. Giant Shane yeah, Squatch we, today.
1: We have confirmation that's exactly how giants talk. So <laughs> I've <have> been horn.
0: <laughs> and uh, guys, we had a little bit of time off, so I got to make sure that I remind you again with every single episode. And the last one was an interview, so it threw you guys off a little bit. But always, always, guys, because we love you for it. Remember to always stay bizarre. 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 Ginger fucking
1: giants. <laughs>